of tidings of joy. And peace. Glory be to God. I want you to know that God can bring that joy. And somebody said, what is joy? Joy is gladness. When you're glad about something. In Luke 2, 10 through 11. It says, behold. Behold means to look at, to recognize, see, turn your head this way. Tidings means good news. It says, behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Great joy is something to be glad about. That the Savior is here to save the world. He has arrived. Hallelujah. It, it is for everybody. Salvation has come. The good news of Jesus Christ arrival. You know, God does not want us to be afraid. He told them, don't be afraid. He wants us to be glad. When the presence of the Lord comes around you, don't be afraid. Receive it unto your heart. You know, then the angels all came together in verse 13. And the angels were giving God glory. They began to give God glory because he has come to the earth. Finally, salvation. The highest of the heights. The lords of lords. The king of kings has finally got here. He has arrived for mankind. Mankind, lift up your heads. You don't have to lift up. You don't have to hold your heads down anymore. You can lift them up now. The king of glory is here. In the flesh. So God is saying, don't be afraid. Glory to God in the heights. On earth. Peace. And good will. Toward men. When he says man, he's talking about man, boy, girl, woman. That means all. Not bad will, but good will. Good news, good tidings. To do God's will is to do things that's going to bring them salvation and help healing. A savior that was willing to die for us. Hallelujah. God has always good news for you. I would like to go to some scriptures that expounds the great beautiful good news for us and the first scripture will be Proverbs 15 and 30 it says the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart and a good report maketh the bones fat Woo, yeah a good report and it say a bad report a good report make it you want to shout and say hooray for my lord because it's something good and it makes you uh, happy it makes you uh Feel healthy, feel good, feel energized. When there's fat bones, that means you're okay, you're fine. Bones are skinny and you feel like you're going to fall out or something. Oh, then yeah. But when your bones are fat, that means you're doing good. You, you are right. This makes me feel all right to know that the light of the eyes, they see happiness. It's so good to see happiness in someone's eyes. You know, they say the eyes are the windows. It makes the person to feel good. That's what it makes them feel. Light is a specification of doing fine. But darkness is not. Glory, hallelujah. Proverbs 25 and 25. It says, like cold water to a weary soul. Ooh, I'm so tired of it. It is goodness. From, it's like goodness from a distant land. It's like if you heard somebody coming way, way far from a different country to come see you. You don't want them coming to see you with some bad news. Talk about, uh. Did you know little Ray Ray, he, he, he got a, he, he got a, 
something happened to his head and <laughs> girl he lost one of his fingers. Girl, you don't really want to hear that about Ray Ray. You better hear that. Oh, Ray Ray's okay, even though he lost a finger. God is good. <laughs> you know, something like that. So to hear good news from afar off somewhere, it's it's a blessing. It feels wonderful. It's just like water to a weary soul when you're so thirsty. You're so thirsty, and then you get a glass of cold water. Oh my lord, it is the best. It's like it revives you. Well, that's the same as a good word. When, when you hear it coming and it finally arrives, oh, it's just like you just drunk a big old glass of cold, refreshing water. God bless. So when you are tired and need a pick-me-up, it is like waiting for a long time for somebody to come and tell you something good. Also, I would like to go to 1 Kings 1 and 42. It said, while he was speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abigail, the priest, come in. It says, for you are a valid man and you bring good news. You know, people... They love to hear bring good news. You know, it helps them to overcome. When you bring good news, it brings strength. When you bring good news, it brings the power to fight. When you bring good news, it changes things around. When you bring good news, once the fire has went cold, it rekindles the fire again. That's what good news is all about. And the good news is God's word. Hallelujah. Romans 10 and 15. He said, how will we preach? How will they preach unless they be sent? He said, how beautiful are the feet of them. He said, that bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of them. It's a beautiful thing to bring some good news. When you're down and out, that's all you want to hear. It's something good. Not something bad. Because it only makes the day worse. But when you hear a good, good report, something good have happened through the day. Somebody can testify to you and say, oh, brother, hold on, be strong. I went through that. I went through that same thing. I got hurt just like that. But you know what? God had mercy on me and brought me, brought me out. And I know that he'll do the same for you, brother or sister. And that feels great. It gives you a little confidence, a little kick, a little bit of push. To want to go a little bit further. Because now you know you're not in this world all alone. And somebody is there with you to tell you the good news. Hallelujah. To share with you the good news. The tidings of peace and joy. Hallelujah. So, yes. And... You know, to see people coming to you with good news is also pleasurable. They are the type of people that are beautiful people. And beautiful people are God's people. Hallelujah. If you think you're out there, you're not beautiful today. You are beautiful because God said you are beautiful. You are wonderful and fearfully made. That's beautiful. That's beautiful to me. In Isaiah 52 and 7, 
It talks about announcing peace. Announcing peace. You know, announcements like they say the church announcements. <laughs> Here they come. The church announcements. And then when you announce peace, that means you coming with peace. That's good news. And you bringing the good news of happiness. Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. You announcing salvation. And then he says, and they say to Zion. Your God reigns. God reigns. That's good news. Are you glad God reigns and the devil don't reign? Hallelujah. That's good news. I got a God that's still sitting on the throne. Glory. Hallelujah. Peaceful. Happiness. Talking about how God can save. And you're publishing it. How God is still reigning and he don't fail. That's good news. That's good news that make your day. On faith and how we must live for the faith. And how God wants us to hold on and believe. By the way, my name is Jane. God bless you. Today subject will be faith talk. I would like to come first from Mark 11 and 24. It says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Have them. Mark eleven and twenty-four. Faith talk two. Ephesians three. Sixteen through 17 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that she being rooted and grounded in love Amen Faith talk Hebrews 11 1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for what are you hoping for? The evidence of things not seen is going to prove what you're hoping for and what you have not seen so I have not seen it but yet I believe Faith walk 4 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 For we walk by faith Not by sight 
Faith Talk number 5, Romans 15 and 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Faith Talk number 6, James 1 and 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6, faith talk 7. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Glory be to God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Faith talk number eight. John 11 and 40. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, If thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Faith talk number nine, Mark 9 and 23. Jesus said unto them, If thou cantest believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Samson, where art thou? I will be coming from Judges 14, starting at the 14th verse, also the 15th chapter of Judges, and also the 16th chapter of Judges, the story of Delilah and Samson. I learned in Judges 14 and 14 that Samson was born a Nazarene. He was not just an ordinary man. He was from the tribe of Israel. And his mother and his father was also Israelites. Samson would kill the Philistines and God's spirit will always be upon Samson and help him to overcome the Philistines. But one day, Samson had a woman that was his wife. And he had a father-in-law and he had a very rude attitude. So one day, Samson had to go out into the field with his mother and father. And he came across a bear. He came across a lion. And he killed the lion. And out of his carcass, he took a honeycomb, honey, that was inside of the lion. 
And then he brought back the honey. And then he also had a riddle. Because he didn't want to tell anybody where he got the honey from. But he wanted them to guess. So in other words, he was playing games. And his wife, she really wanted to know. What does the riddle mean? Tell me. And the father said, entice him. Entice him to tell us. Make him tell us. And he wouldn't tell anybody. He was very secretive. No one could persuade him like that. He wasn't easily persuaded. He wasn't the type of guy that you can easily persuade. So, Samson decided that he was going to be cruel to his wife. He didn't want to tell her nothing. And she cried for seven days because he would not tell her the riddle. So the father-in-law, he got very grieved with that. And he thought that Samson did no longer have feelings or cared in any manner or way about his daughter. The father-in-law had two daughters. And one was a little bit more cuter, they say, or fairer than the other. So he told him. He came back to his wife, Samson, another time. And he wanted to go in and be with her. But Samson had a friend, which was his close companion. And the father said, oh, no, you have hurt my daughter. You left her, in other words, you left her crying and weak and making her feel like you didn't care for her. So now I have gave her over to your friend, in other words. And Samson was very mad about this. Very angry because of, but he should have been angry because he mistreated her. He should have had told her as being his wife. And sometimes we are secretive about telling our wives things that they should know. We cannot be cruel towards our wife. Because if we do, God will not honor that. So, and we will suffer for what we have done. So, the thing is, you sow what you reap. That's how it goes. So, Samson said, man, I'm going to get somebody for this. And I know these Philistines, they deserve it. And God was not with Samson at that moment because he decided to get vengeance by himself. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay every man according to his work. Samson took it upon his own thoughts and his own ways and said, you know what, I'm going I'm to take the fox's tails and put them on fire. And I'm going to let them run through the olive fields and corn and burn it all up. Oh yeah, he was like, he was furious. So he thought that the justice was done by getting the Philistines. Because he knew God didn't like the Philistines no way. So he thought he was doing justice. But he was not doing justice. He was doing wrong. Guys, they got very angry. So what they did, they went and burned up the wife and burned up the father-in-law. Because of his retaliation of not minding his business. So Samson, he paid for his misbehavior of what he did to the Philistines. He caused pain to come to his family because of his misbehavior, his cruelty towards his wife. So therefore, the Philistines retaliated on him and hurt him because they found out that he was the one that hurt them and did them wrong. So a time after things began to change and 
So Samson decides that, okay, I'm going to go down to Gaza. Maybe I, I, I'm looking for me a new love. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to find me someone because I'm burning now. And my last request was to be with my wife and I couldn't. And he was burning in his flesh. He, he was desiring to have pleasure because he can have pleasure. So that's why he went on a search. And that's why he ended up in the arms of Delilah because he was searching. So he runs into a harlot. And we know what a harlot is. A harlot is a prostitute. He runs into her and she's at the corner. So he goes in with her. So he went in and had relations with her. And then the Gazarites, which are also another corner of the Philistines, they found out that Samson was in town. Oh, yeah. We're going to kill him. Samson had a bad reputation and everybody wanted a piece of Samson. So, oh, yeah, they was, they, they was going to tear Samson up. So they made a plan. They was like, okay, we're going we, we to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to get him. So we're going we gonna to wait until the morning. We're going to wait until the morning comes. And we're going to get Brother Samson. Oh, yeah. He's got to die. But Samson, he had a big head on his shoulder. And he said, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going I, I, to watch tonight because I know I have a red, bad reputation amongst the Philistines. So I'm just going to go rip the gates off. So they ain't going to be able to do nothing. So, yeah, he went, ripped the gates off and took them with him. Don't mean nothing, in other words, because I already know I got it made. And I, I, I tear everybody. I tear them up. He already knew that he was prepared for what was to come because he knew he had a bad reputation. So they went on down there. He took him on to the Philistines and Sorek. And he was like, uh, like, yeah, OK. So then he ended up breaking the vines that they tied him up with. And he took another bone and began to beat. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him one more time, and he began to beat the mess out of all the Philistines. He beat them up bad, and he killed, some, killed them. So, yes, that's what happened. And then from there, 20 years went by, and he ended up going to Sorek. And as he entered into Sorek, this is where also a little part of the city where the Philistines were, where he met Delilah. So this woman... He ended up falling in love with Delilah, which he, he had a very soft heart towards woman because he had a need and he loved pleasure. So therefore, pleasure sometimes would get you in trouble, especially if you're out the will of God. Pleasure will get you in trouble. And this guy, you know, he didn't know what he was falling into the hands of. But because he thought that the woman really loved him, which she only acted as because it was a setup. But he didn't know it was a setup because he was so infatuated with how she made him feel. So don't be infatuated with people of how they make you feel because it feels good. Just do it. No, not so. Because if you just do it, something bad, it might be a tragic end. So, and the Philistines said, Delilah, we want you to take this man down, entice him. There go the enticement again. Enticement. Yes, that's one of the tricks that the devil used to take the saints down with. Enticement. You know, just like what Judas did to Jesus. He was entire strength because that's all you got. If you let go of your strength, you will fail. But if you hold on to the strength that God has given you, you will succeed.
You will be strong and you will get through. Hallelujah. But Samson was a fool. And sometimes love will make you do foolish things. Love will like be like a blinding agent to you. And you will be able to see clearly because your eyes are now covered. His eyes were covered in the bliss of her love. So therefore he could not see through her not caring self. She was mean and nasty because to betray someone that you care for and you love is nasty. So Delilah, she went on and she proceeded to find out how to take this man's strength from him. And the devil, that's how he is. He also is working on us to try to take the strength of what we have. So don't reveal things. This ain't no trick or treat. This is real. Because you're going to show get a treat. And it ain't going to be a treat that you think you want to treat. Because a treat is pleasure. Sometimes they trick you. They treat you first with kind words. Like Delilah did. She treated him. She treated him with kind words. She soothed him and made him feel so relaxed with her that she could not do no harm. The Bible says in Proverbs that words were smooth as butter, but war was in their mouth. Her words were smooth as butter, but she had other alternatives. So, Delilah asked him some questions. And she said, Samson, tell me, where does thy strength come from? And he still wouldn't give it up. And she kept saying, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. And then he, he jumped up like, <laughs> like he was Mr. Stupido. And he showed them again. And she said, you lied to me. In other words, she said, tell me, where does thy strength lie? And then the big kahuna came. She said, if you love me, if you love me, why don't you tell me? Samson, where your strength lie if you love me? Oh, she rubbed it in good then. She took that butter and she was rubbing it. And he couldn't resist. He was like, ooh, man. <laughs> this woman got the right to do. Samson always had problems with women. And it's that when you're out there in the world. And you, and you are a child of God. The devil always wants to tempt you. And make you have problems. With something that. He will make become a weakness to you because you can no longer access it. So be careful because access is everything. And he wants to take the access away from you so that you can find another. And he wants you to fall into a worse situation than the situation that you were in. So that he will keep throwing these arrows at you. Trying to get you to give in to his tactics. That's what he does. 
just like he did Samson. He used Delilah as a weapon to get in. He said he comes to steal. Then what? Kill. So whatever is in you that's good, he wants to take it out. He wants to diminish it. And after he has diminished it, or get you to hold your head down, then destructing time. So we know what happened to Samson. He got that he did that. So in other words, he gave up. Don't give up and don't give in. Because that's what the devil's waiting for, you to give up and give in to his tactics and his deception. And that's what happened to Delilah. She deceived Samson with her words, with her comforts, with her body. She used all that on him. Because he was a man that loved pleasure. Anything that made him feel good at that moment, he was willing to receive it. And that's what he did. And by him receiving it, he caused himself to go down. They took him and they poked his eyes out. Can you imagine your eyes are not in your head? Oh, that's scary. You walking around, you like a blind man, you can't see. And then they said, now, where is your God? What what you going to do to us now? Because we didn't took your power. And so the devil said, now, I didn't took your strength from you. Sister, brother of God, what you going to do now? So... Don't let him take. Don't let the devil take your strength. Whatever you do, don't let him take your strength. Be determined. I'm not going to let him take my strength. He keeps trying to entice me, but don't be enticed. Because there's nothing out here to be enticed with. And they put him on the grind. And... He just grinding and grinding. And his eyes are out. But in the meantime, his hair began to come come back in his head again. It began to grow out. And I guess they totally forgot that this is where they cut the hair off his strength line. And that this is what made him be of the Philistine before. But they just didn't realize it no more. They actually didn't care. Because it's like, it's been a long time. This man, he ain't been able to fight nothing. His eyes are out. He can't do us nothing. He can't, he can't hurt us no more. That's what God is saying. Watch. Because the enemy comes to steal kill and to destroy he said take what you have that God has beautifully given to you and he don't want you to enjoy nothing so he was willing to try to entice you with other things 
that you are weak in to make you give into that. But don't be strong. Hold on to your strength. Hallelujah. Hold on to the strength that God give you in his word. Hold on to God and know that he's coming through for you. He will fight your battles. He will take vengeance on your enemies. He will give you strength to uh, not go without him. He will give you that strength to hold on and not give in to temptation or give in to pleasures of this life, but be enticed. Forward, Saints, got to move forward and not know what else. Hallelujah. Today's topic I would like to be talking about is forgetting. Forgetting. Hallelujah. I would like to come from the chapter Matthew. 19 and 27 and also Philippians 3 and 13 praise God today's topic is forgetting and Matthew the 27th verse it speaks about Peter Peter answered him he said we have left everything to follow you. What? From here. Will there be for us. Hallelujah. And in Philippians. 3 and 13. We learn. That. Paul was talking about. He has not learned. Or apprehended. But that thing that he do. Forgetting. Those things. That are before. And pressing forward to those things that are before. Forgetting those things that are behind. And pressing forward to those things that are before. Hallelujah. You know, we have to make up in our minds. Whether we want to go or we want to stay. In the situation. Are we going to run on to see what the end will be? You know, I have to learn this thing. It ain't, it ain't easy. Learning how to do and how to not do, how to get over. This thing doesn't happen overnight. But I learned. Forgetting is constant. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's Lord. The not stop. Not just saying, oh, tomorrow, and then you remember it again. Then you say, oh, the next day. Then you keep remembering. This thing is constant. 
I have to constantly say no. No to it. Reject those things that keep banging me in my head. It is a constant decision, glory be to God. It has to be made no matter what people say or try to remind you of your demise, remind you of your past. It is a constant made-up mind like Peter left these things to say where your treasure is in the Bible it says where your treasure is there where your heart treasure means to cherish a thing Hallelujah. and heart is something that you really love or it means that I have left all to follow Jesus. So in Matthew, the ninth chapter, the 19th chapter, you know, so we must practice, 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 practice this beginning. Put it behind and know we must go going forward to get over it. Jesus, he said, he that overcome it. That means to defeat something, to prevail, to have success in dealing with something, knowing how to succeed. So get over it. Conquer it. It is learning how. Hallelujah. I do this. The pain is unbearable. And it just seems like you're not going to get over it what somebody told you but we have to stand and say enough is enough I am going to go forward no matter what they say or what they uh, are doing you know they keep throwing it in your face the Bible say for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word wrestle means to struggle, to tuggle, to go into war against something that's trying to take you out. Against something that's trying to win over you or, or accomplish what it has set out to defeat you with. So wrestling, you know, I used to watch the WWF Wrestling Championship. And I used to watch their moves. And I would feel so sorry for <laughs> some of them, how they were slammed on the pavement. Well, the devil is busy trying to slam us with his remembering. He says, remember when you did this and that? He said, you're a fake. And then he, re, he reminds the past. He just keeps talking about the past, the stuff, to see something that's not there. And he wants you to go there. So he tries to trouble you in your dream. He tries to take you back to the scenes that he knows that got your attention before. But you got to put that behind you. You got to vanquish it. You got to vanquish those things 
Because God said, behold, all things become new. It is a process, hallelujah. But you will get there by God's grace. He told Paul in Romans, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. Hold on. Applause. Don't turn back. Practicing says no. Every time it comes to tip you, no. It makes you feel like you're missing out on something. No, no. God wants to see you stand and not take down. It shows you love. Me. 